A couple of years ago, when Father Brewer was assigning the clergy duties here, I was scheduled to preach on this Sunday, Trinity Sunday, famously noted as the Sunday when we celebrate no event, no person, no catalog of advice, but instead we celebrate a doctrine. And it's a doctrine that has been quite controversial over the course of Christian history. In fact, almost anything I can say to you trying to explain this doctrine has probably been declared a heresy by some branch of Christianity. So I was challenged to prepare a sermon, and you can see I was surprised to find myself again listed as the preacher this morning. Surely this is not collusion. So I thought of looking up my old text and dusting it off for today. But one ought to use such opportunities to reflect on things more than once. Now, I thought over some of the ways of understanding the Trinity. St. Patrick used a shamrock, three petals on a one stem. And our creed offers us a sort of family trio of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The scholarly doctors of the church, like Augustine and Basil and Gregory Nazianzen and John Chrysostom and Athanasius, all took a turn at explaining the concept of the Trinity. But their ideas are always not, are not always straightforward, nor easy to get at, nor even orthodox. So I decided to put off writing this sermon and instead to find a locate a poem for today. As you may know, I'm the designated poem finder for the bulletins. But I can't always discover one that seems worth printing every week. This week I found one I liked, partly because it is, I think, a successful sonnet and mostly because its ideas on the nature of the Trinity are, for me, enlightening. And while not entirely original concepts, the poem does offer us, I believe, a very useful way to examine how, the God, can be three, how God can be three in one. Well, I felt a great kinship with the ideas of this poet I've quoted in today's bulletin. So I'm going to ask you to take out your bulletins. Take out your textbooks and turn to, turn to the inside cover, I think. I'm going to read Malcolm Gweet's poem to you on the Holy Trinity. If this seems a little like school, well, it is. In 14 lines, he offers us some ideas about a, a way to think and speak about and believe in the triune God. Trinity Sunday. In the beginning, not in time or space, but in the quick before both space and time, in life, in love, in co-inherent grace, in three in one and one in three, in rhyme, in music, in the whole creation story, in his own image, his imagination, the triune poet makes us for his glory and makes us each the other's inspiration. He calls us out of darkness, chaos, chance, to improvise a music of our own, to sing the chord that calls us to the dance, three notes resounding from a single tone, to sing the end in whom we all begin, 
our God beyond, beside us, and within. Well, first the poet gets off the hook by referencing Genesis in the beginning. So we are immediately placed into the realm of being that is truly out of this world. This is not only before creation, but, says the sonnet, before space and time. That means, of course, that the laws of physics, history, cause and effect, protoplasm, and math need not be applicable. We begin in the quick. The quick is, of course, a delicate place. It seems neither nerve nor flesh. But it is extremely sensitive, shocking, vivid, easily pierced, and the place from which things grow. We have all heard of the quick and the dead. It is life, with a capital L. And it is from that quick that creation bursts, rhyming, musical, image like the creator, and discarding darkness, chaos, chance. It reveals all in light. As we in all creation are revealed, so too is the creator revealed. We are created wholly capable of understanding. But to understand, we must accept the light, the music, the energy of creation, and we are here to improvise a music of our own. The dance of life is the trinity, for the creator is with us in the three notes resounding from a single tone. The triune God is beyond us in all creation and is beside us as our friend and savior and the essence of the triune God is within us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit creator, teacher, and indwelling spark sound like three things, yet one. I find in this poem a way to sense the unearthly and inexplicable trinity. Sometimes the truth cannot be discovered by logic or mathematics or imagery. The poet E.E. E. Cummings published one of his volumes with the title, Is Five, as in two plus two is five. And who can say that it was not that way in the beginning, not in time or space? Of course, it helps if one's sight is a bit unfocused, one has eyes open to the unseen. We may find some clarity in St. Patrick's shamrock, seeing three parts of the one blade. We may sense that God is prior to creation, a companion beside us and a power within us. We may, of course, presume that the church knows what it's talking about and that three in one is all we need to know. I really can't advise you. But the church has managed to live with this tautology for many centuries, and I'm sure we will continue to wonder. When you say the creed and profess to believe in the Trinity, no one will know if you understand or not. We can believe without analysis but I am rather hoping that it's not on the final exam. The three aspects of God have brought us all some insight into the way God works in the world, in his, his church and in our hearts. And since the theologians have been unsuccessful in the definition, I hope the poet's attempt will help. 
Remember that poetry is not science. It is a language that attempts to open windows into our hearts and feelings by speaking to our imaginations and our souls. We are called out of darkness, chaos, chance, to improvise a music of our own, to sing the chord that calls us to the dance, three notes resounding from a single tone, to sing the end in whom we all begin, our God beyond, beside us and within. Amen.